Welcome to Answers News for Monday, August 30th, 2021. Uh, are your panel today? I got Tim Chafee here on my left. I got Ken Ham on my right. I'm Bodie Hodge. And uh, we have a whole host of news items for you today. We got some good stuff, some neat stuff, some weird stuff. Weird stuff. <laughs> We've got uh, all sorts of things that uh, uh, might be good for you. But uh, we usually start off with a few announcements. So, like, like silencing uh, your cell phones? Yeah, make sure we silence all cell phones. Make sure you turn your volume down. Cell phone devices. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we got some announcements. Uh, you want to run through some of those, Ken? Sure. Actually, we have about, what, 12 days to go, including today, I think, of our 40 days and 40 nights of gospel music, mm -hmm. the biggest gospel music festival in the world. It's been absolutely phenomenal. Lots of different artists and groups, and I tell you, incredible music. dinner. And we have uh, a short message at each concert. There's one in the morning uh, for, from Monday through Saturday. We have one in the morning at 10 o'clock, and then we have one in the afternoon at 5 o'clock, and on Sunday afternoons, we're going to have one concert because it's only open Sunday afternoon. This is at the Ark Encounter, and we've had almost 500 people so far say that they've committed their lives to Christ after Praise hearing God. the message and that's being really there. And, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it yeah. is absolutely phenomenal. So I thought I'd just show you this short little video here. This week will ring with music, laughter, and fun at the number one Christian attraction, the Ark Encounter. You've always wanted to see the life-size Noah's Ark. Now is the time. This week will feature a comedy marathon with comedian Dennis Swanberg, plus incredible music from The Hoppers, The Tallies, Linda Randall, Selah, Triumphant Quartet, Brian Free and Assurance, Jeff and Sherry Easter, and Emily Ann Roberts. Many phenomenal speakers are featured daily. And wait, don't forget, Dr. David Jeremiah will be live at the Ark Encounter, September 9th and 10th. Don't miss out on the 40 days and 40 nights of gospel music at the Ark Encounter. For more information, go to 40daysofgospelmusic.com. So there we are. So uh, it's been yeah. really an exciting time. Yeah, I've been it, down it, there. It, it and has. When, when we were there, it was a huge crowd. It was, it was uh, quite yep. the experience. So. Yeah, people love it. Also, just want to mention that our Explore Days are very, very popular. We yeah. have Explore Days and Explore Junior, where it's hands-on science education. We have a number of specialists here at the ministry. <laughs> you can't get biblical worldview teaching like this anywhere. We have our own science lab here that right. we use and special workshop rooms. And these and fill up quickly. We, they fill up quickly. And we also have a big science lab we're building down at the Ark. Mm -hmm. uh, it's on the lower level of the Answer Center. We're just waiting on equipment. I don't know if anyone's in business, anyone in the audience, you probably know right now you order anything and they tell you that we might have them in 100 years' time or something. Right. It's <laughs> it feels like that, doesn't it? It yeah, feels like that. It's difficult to get anything right now. There's supply chain issues or it's sitting in a it's sitting container. At the dock. It's yeah. sitting in a container off the coast of California right. just floating on a ship there or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, anyway, we always start with a fluff item and the fluff item today is about someone in Connecticut who had an Amazon package delivered, uh -huh. and look what happened to it. Yeah, check this out, yeah. A bear. He ran. came up and took it. Took and, it. And took off. Yeah, apparently they, she found it later in the neighbor's yard. Or right. Yeah. So here, so. you know, they, they got this announcement, uh, you know, that stated, oh, yeah, your package has been delivered. They can kind of see it on the video. They knew somebody was there. And then all of a sudden they started going off again, like, what? We're not expecting anyone. I, See the video, and there's this bear taking off with their package. Well, it was, just, it was just a roll of toilet paper, that, so it makes sense that bears are doing You've seen the commercials, right? That <laughs> yeah. the bears advertise the toilet paper. She's going to the bathroom, too, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, she barely retrieved that, didn't she, Bodie? <laughs> yeah, she barely did. 
Well, you know, sometimes... Bodhi always has the pun, so I have to... He had to beat him to it. You know, if you think about this, you know, a lot of bears go for things that are scented, and a lot of toilet paper is just naturally scented. Um, so, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if it smells and goes, ooh, I wonder what's in here, and they go to take it. Um, I, I didn't want to talk about what naturally scented toilet paper is <laughs> like. I'm surprised well, you used that. They actually say in here, it was hysterical. You know, like I said, I knew nothing was in there that, was, you know, that wasn't irreplaceable. So it was a fun afternoon for sure. So I guess they just had to grin and bear it. Uh, well, I'll tell you okay. what, those ring doorbells, you know, the Bodie, video phone. Video just <laughs> don't be a bear today. Okay. Those video doorbells can be really good for catching criminals, but they can be really... We had to do that because we, right. we had people use our, you know, our, our address when we were gone to, to take packages and stuff. But um, they're really annoying, too. Every time I get an alert, there's motion at your door, and it's 20 times a day. You know. At least it isn't a bear. <laughs> That's true. Not where I live. Someone's knocking on your door. That's a bear. But they can be really helpful. So. Yeah. Okay, well, this All next right. one uh, comes from the Alabama Baptist. And this is, uh, this is quite the article here. Uh, the title is Frightening Future of Chim Chimera Research test moral ethical boundaries of science. And for those of you who don't know, chimera research, chimera is basically trying to mix human uh, with, say, an animal or mix two different types of animals together. It's actually uh, some very weird research. It really does push those boundaries of being ethical. And, you know, we've been uh, informed for quite some time now that places like China have been doing this. And now all of a sudden, the uh, United States kind of opened the door saying, hey, yeah, you can do this. You just can't use federal funding for it. Um, what yeah, do you guys you think know, right off the bat? From a biblical perspective, first of all, man is made in the image of God. Correct. No animals are made in the image of God, but man is made in the image of God. And uh, God makes it very clear. For instance, uh, killing another human being is murder, right? Right. And so uh, humans are looked on very differently to animals. Mm -hmm. But, you know, here's a problem. In our education system, you think about what the world is doing today. Man is just an animal. We're just, we're just another ape. We're in the same family as chimps. And so when people believe that, well, you experiment on right. animals, mm -hmm. experiment on humans, try to mix humans and animals together. Mm -hmm. They believe that we, we all evolved. So they think you can mix it all together and... Uh, yeah, they, they've tried to use this to justify abortion for a long time, saying right. the man's just animals. Exactly. And, you know, uh, get rid of spare cats, get rid of spare kids. What's the difference, you know? Right. So, we're, you know, we've been seeing this sort of thing that's popping up more and more in the news. But I want you to understand, this is an age-old problem. Uh, if you go all the way back to 1926, there was a very famous Russian scientist who went to, the Fr to French West Africa at the time. And uh, his name was uh, Ilya Ivana. I Ivanov? I, I don't know Ivanov. if I'm saying Ivanov, maybe. So. Right. Something like that. And what he was trying to do was artificially inseminate uh, apes and humans together. He was trying to do that as far back as uh, the 1920s. And so, you know, now that people have gotten pretty advanced technology, they're trying it in a lot of other ways. And it's, yeah. it's very you know, One of the things they say here, the potential for this research and experimentation opens, you know, a box of questions, including what does it mean to be human? Well, if you go to the maker's handbook, you can find out what it means to be human. And in the course, first what, chapter, you don't even have to read very far. Yeah. Right. Man is made in the image of God. And right. also then in chapter 3, you find out man right. is a sinner right. and we rebelled against our creator and mm -hmm. we are in need of salvation. But of course, they reject that by and large. Most of those scientists certainly do reject that. And well, so one of the things they're trying to do in this article, they're trying to justify them doing their research. They say chimeras sometimes occur in nature. Actually, we don't see chimeras occur no, in nature. No, there's not chimeras at all. Uh, because what we see are, okay, there, there's a kind. 
Um, for example, there's a dog kind, a cat kind, things like that. You know, two dogs can interbreed with each other, but sometimes they look at two different dogs, they say, well, they can interbreed with each other, therefore it's a chimera. No, they're all part of the dog kind. They're just dogs, okay? Now, when they use that then to springboard, to jump forward and say, well, now we can like try to put a dog together with, say, a cat or something else, things that are not part of that same kind. That's actually a part to whole fallacy. They're trying to take one thing and totally leap into and something different. They're trying to take the human kind and mix uh, cells from the human kind mm -hmm. with animals. Right. And yeah. what Bodhi was saying is it's important to understand from a biblical perspective. There are a lot of people, we, sometimes we get people writing in saying, the Bible says you're not supposed to mix these different creatures. And in the, in the, so they're upset that we have like a, a zonkey or a zorus down at the ark mm -hmm. because they think, oh, you've mixed two different creatures. No, they're, they're both members of the horse kind. Otherwise, right. that wouldn't have worked. Right. So it's not mixing two and, different And we explained that at the ark so people understand yeah. Noah only took kinds right. of land animals mm -hmm. on the ark. So he didn't take all the species. The species within each kind have developed since the ark right. as the kinds, uh, the representative kinds. Right, like you got ark. several wolf species, several coyote right. species, domestic dogs, but they can all interbreed with each other. They're part of the one dog kind. So this leads right into what they call transhumanism too, where that you can enhance right. humanity, that, that maybe you right. can get better eyesight or better whatever, you know, better right. strength. They're, they're thinking maybe they can, they can use this to grow organs and things like that. Right. They're, they're trying to say it in a positive, but it's actually very evil type of research. One thing they say in here under medical possibilities is, imagine pigs with human hearts or mice whose brains have a spark of human intelligence. Um, and this is different than using a heart valve from a pig and putting that correct. into a human. That, that's entirely different, right? right? Let's say try to mix the creatures. Um, you know, I mean, I couldn't help but think of Miss Frisbee and the rats and them. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that old cartoon. There's an old book on that, you know, with these rats that have been experimented on to have almost human-like intelligence. But the sad part is, this is the kind of stuff people are shooting for. Um, well, it sort of reminds me of uh, before the Tower of Babel, when God said, you know... If they do this. If, if you let man go, he, there'd be nothing that he won't try to do. And... Uh, uh, so man has been in rebellion against God, rebelled mm -hmm. before the flood in a massive way, rebelled at the Tower of Babel, and we see the same sort of rebellion today because the heart of man is still deceitful above all things oh, still and desperately is. wicked. Yeah. So, and, and we're anyway. seeing that. You know, they say here, uh, recently they created a human monkey embryo that loved for 20 days in a laboratory. I mean, that, that should shock us. You know, as Christians, uh, you know, we really need to be praying uh, that people back off of some of this kind of stuff because you never know what they're going to do. Never know what they're going to do next. This is already bad enough. But but it is a it's a very clear indication of the shifting foundation of our culture. Because for a long time, the majority of people were against doing this with humanity or having right. federal funds go to those things. Uh, even in, it says in 2014, uh, President Obama signed a bill that outlawed federal funding. Well, that's all changing because now the majority don't have a problem with this right. kind of thing, so it's all going to change. And see, this is all based on an evolutionary <laughs> worldview. You know, people are not starting with God's word when they're looking at the subject in the first place. They've already bought into a secular worldview. There's no right and wrong. There's no God who determines right and wrong. Leave the Bible out of it. You're just an animal already. Let's do the research. That's the way they're thinking. Um, as sad as that I is. keep trying to go to the next article. Yeah, well, go. Do you want let's, to go to the next article? Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, Bodhi's not going to uh, stop talking about this. Let's move on over to this next one. <laughs> All right. This next one comes from the Washington Post. Uh, highly religious Americans are less likely to believe intelligent life exists on other planets, survey says. Now, this came from the Pew Research Center, who did some research among American adults, and they found that the people who were more religious in the sense of being a Christian uh, religious uh, persuasion were actually more skeptical of this uh, idea that there are extraterrestrial uh, life out there, intelligent life, that is. Um, 
So, what but, do you guys? Well, uh, there's a lot of spin in this things. article, so which yeah. you kind of expect from the Washington Post. They, you know, every the reason, according to them, is that Christians would be threatened by the existence of alien life. It's not about being threatened by it. It's because the Bible is our foundation, and it gives us no reason to believe that there would be extraterrestrial life. God created the earth to be inhabited. He created the earth before. Right, that's in Isaiah. He, he, yeah, he created yeah. the earth before the other planets. The sun, moon, and stars, those are made on day four. The earth was first before those things. And the earth is where God sent his son to become a descendant of Adam, to mm-hmm. die for the descendants of Adam. So the whole focal point of redemptive history, all of it is on the earth. So there's no reason, we, we don't have any reason to believe that there is intelligent life so, out so there. So basically if, it's like a fable out there. Yeah, if, if God, I mean, none of us would deny that if God wanted to create life elsewhere that he could, obviously he could, but there's He's no, indication no indication that he did. Like that. Well, I think there's, there's biblical reasons why it doesn't make sense right. yeah. in terms of life in our space. And I'll come back to that in a moment. It's interesting, it says the vast majority of atheists believe intelligent life exists on other planets. Well, of course they do. Because they reject God, they believe that we're a result of evolution. And they say, if evolution happened by chance, random processes, it must have happened somewhere else in the universe. And that's why they are absolutely adamant there must be intelligent life elsewhere. So, you know, a number of years ago, like in 2009, and I've written on this before then too, a long time before then, but I published a particular article on our website uh, where I said that I didn't believe in intelligent life in outer space. These days, there's not that much on Earth and certainly not much (laughs) in Washington, D.C. But I said I I didn't believe in intelligent life in outer space. And I gave a number of reasons. You know, the the Earth is for the sons of men, the heavens are the Lord's, and so on. Um, I gave those sorts of reasons. And then I also said one of the reasons was, and think about the gospel, right? The whole of creation groans because of Adam's sin. Right, Romans 8. And one day it's all going to be... Uh, burned up and there's going to be new heavens and a new earth. Because of Adam's sin. And because of Adam's sin. And God's son stepped into history on earth to be a member of Adam's family. Uh, And he became a member of the human race and he's called the God-man, right? And I said, he didn't become the God-clean-on, he became the (laughs) God-man and remains the God-man to be our saviour. Right, and he died so once for all in that. Huffington Post wrote an article, Talk about and they said, "Ken Ham says aliens will go to hell, so let's stop looking for them." Well, of course, that tells you something about the way they put headlines in newspapers these days. That was back in two thousand nine, um, and I didn't Post say <laughs> the whole point of my article was I don't believe in aliens. Of course, their headline is Ken Ham says aliens will go to hell. Well, just recently, and this is the, yeah, the as next, a result of <laughs> next article. Just recently, uh, I happened that because of that particular article, mm-hmm. I did a couple of tweets and said, "Oh, I don't believe in uh, aliens in outer space," and gave some reasons for it. So Huffington Post updated <laughs> their article, and the new headline is: Ken Ham says to find ET, phone hell. See, you know, ET. I've got a hell. really good phone here. I mean, I, there, there's literally people hopping on from all over the world. Do, do you want to try mine and see if it actually does reach? I mean, I, I don't know what kind of long distance plan this thing has, but I don't think it's that long. Uh, well, it might be from, head, from the headquarters Ken, at iPhone or Google. They might have that number. <laughs> Ken Ham says Jesus can't save space aliens. Well, I said I don't believe in aliens. Right. right. I said Jesus came to save man. And, but now, so that's the updated article. You've got to phone hell to find ET. That's what Ken Ham said. So that tells you a couple of things. One is, don't believe anything the secular newspapers write about us because they make Look it all that, up. Yeah, it's just it's fiction. Outrageous. And yeah. the other is that um, Huffington Post 
is uh, an anti-God. Yeah, it's very uh, li yeah. liberal. Very left. It's leftist. Uh, antagonistic yeah. leftist. Yeah, very uh, anti-Christian. Uh, place. Uh, so. Um, but they're anyway. not the only ones. You know, there's a number of media that's out there that's like that. But here's the, the vast thing. majority we, of it. We is. have to be very careful of, of buying into these kinds of myths and fables. And that's really what it is. I mean, we're warned a, a couple of times in uh, uh, First and Second Timothy, you know, not to give heed to fables and myths. And Second uh, Peter one sixteen, you know, we do not follow cleverly devised fables. So we have to be careful of this stuff. And I think that's a warning to Christians. Yeah. Just because people are out there saying, "Oh yeah, there's all these aliens somewhere well, out there that we can't see that we don't know anything about." Well, let me let me get a little perspective on, on this. Yeah. Um, you realize that back in 1967 was um, Jocelyn Burnell and her supervisor at Cambridge University discovered a particular phenomenon, and it was pulses from outer space. So it was ordered pulses, you know, pulse, 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 pulse. And it was so ordered, they facetiously suggested that the name of the source should be LGM-1. You know what LGM stood for? Little green men. Little green men, yeah. In other words... Oh, here's an ordered sequence. As soon as they see something that's ordered, to them it speaks of oh, intelligence. Oh, intelligence, right? Yeah. And they're green. So LGM-1. <laughs> now, of course, they found out that what LGM-1 was was the first pulsar, okay? Right. You know what's fascinating to me? They hear beep, beep, beep from outer space. There's intelligence out there. They look at DNA, the most complex information system in the entire universe, mm -hmm. and has a language system to read the information system. They look at that and say, chance. chance. Yep. And they hear beep, 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 intelligence. Well, so professing to be wise, they became fools. fools. Yeah. Yeah. And here's Roman something Warner. else um, I wanted to show you. Huffington Post, when they posted this article, Ken Ham said the phone hell, they also included a video from when we were building the ark. And this will tell you what they're like. So listeners, and I'll stop it at a couple of places okay. as we just comment on it. On Noah's ark. Well, the wait is over, friends, and thanks to the Creation Museum and its founder, Kevin Ken Ham, you can travel to Kentucky and experience all of the fun for yourself. However, arts don't come cheap, but where there is God's will, there is a way. And the first phase should now be starting construction to the tune of $73 million. Well, first of all, it was $120 million. But anyway, let's go on. Well, don't don't let facts. facts get in the way for Huffington Post. Now, according to the most recent census data, Kentucky is the fifth poorest state in the United States. So we thought that, you know, there might be some other ways to spend $73 million. First of all, it wasn't Kentucky's $73 million. Right. You know, the implication is here, and they keep telling everyone, the government paid for this and the government gave us money. This is all private funding from right. people who wanted to use their money for the Lord. And the government has made millions of dollars off of Millions the and millions and millions because of all the tourists, like mm -hmm. all the ones sitting in a, in a auditorium here, uh, coming into the area who buy gas, who pay for a hotel Hotels, room, yep. who buy food, and so it goes on. Or and help some of those people out, right? Let's go through some of these, Christina. We can start with education. Maybe the state could invest in funding for schools since it spends less now than before than re the recession in 2008. And they could also try feeding hungry kids. One in four kids in Kentucky don't know where they will get their next meal, according to Map the Meal. Kentucky also ranked the worst in animal protection. So we're getting blamed for children not having meals. We're getting blamed for lack of animal protection. And, and we're getting blamed for lack of spending on education because we build an ark with private money from donors all over America and right. other parts of the world who gave 
In fact, the average donation that built the ark was $230, actually, mm -hmm. from people. So they're saying these people have no right to... How do they know how, how much those right. other people have spent on supporting missions to uh, starving right. children and so on? And besides you, what about all the millions spent by politicians on their private jets or on their millions of dollars homes? Well, just or just recently... Or, or, or on their... Re-election, yeah. millions and billions and billions. Actually. Well, you know, there was a news item just this past week where Google paid Apple twelve billion dollars to be their default search engine. So oh. over again, twelve billion. Twelve B, billion million. Uh, let's see. Huffington Post will no doubt say they should be feeding the hungry. And even some of the top athletes, their salary is more than what see? it costs to build the ark. You know, when you That's hear things like this, let's hear the, just the Kentucky rest of is battling with a severe heroin problem. ODs statewide jumped 550% between 2011 and 2012. And in 2012, heroin cases made 20% of all drug overdose cases in the state. Um, you know, I think that certainly a lot of people have been both laughing and, and criticizing this idea ever, ever since they mentioned they wanted to build a creation museum a couple of years ago. but. Probably the thing that I found the most disturbing here, Christina, is that recently when uh, Ken actually debated Bill Nye, we had a creationist versus uh, you know, an atheist. After that, they got more money and more donations to building this thing. Well, actually, that's not true, right? Mm -hmm. So isn't it interesting? So well, she said Creation Museum a couple of years ago. Well, the Creation Museum was open uh, 14 years ago, and, and the Ark was open five years ago, so it was way before... Uh, the, I mean, they, get, right, right. Get, they don't even know what they're talking about. They just, you know what it is? Discrimination, prejudice against Christians. That's mm -hmm. what it is, because they don't want us building right. something like, like this. What about all the millions and billions of dollars spent on the Smithsonian hey. museums to promote right, right. atheistic ideas? You what? know why they don't want us to build? I say this in one of my talks, in my No Other mm -hmm. Ark talk. If all we did was build a building that looks like the Ark and we filled it with a bunch of cool animals, but we didn't have any teaching... They'd they might happy. laugh a little bit, but they wouldn't protest. They wouldn't right. lie about it. They wouldn't go and take pictures right. of an empty parking lot on a Sunday morning when we're not open and say, hey, this place is going to sink. Nobody's going. It's because we teach the gospel is true. That God's word is true from the very beginning to the very end, and that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man yeah. comes to the Father except through him. They don't want that message getting out. You know, there was an instance like this in the Bible. Uh, there was a case where an expensive perfume was used to clean Jesus' feet. And Judas, do you guys remember what Judas did? What are you doing using this? You should sell that and, and, and take the money from that and give it to the poor. Not but that he cared about the he poor. Just wanted to he wanted it. to pocket that. He wanted the money. He was greedy. That's called the Judas proposition. It, so when people say this about the Ark of the Museum, all they're doing is repeating the Judas proposition. Yeah, didn't somebody recently spend billions and billions and billions of dollars on building a craft to go up into outer space so they can give rides to people and charge millions of dollars per seat so yeah. people can go to outer space and back? Where's Huffington Post doing? See, they're hypocrites, and it's all about the fact they just hate Christians being able to get their message out. You know what? You know what it does for me? It makes me want to do more to get the message well, it, of God's word it's, out. It's a great confirmation that when the people who hate God don't like what you're doing, yeah. you're well, doing the right thing usually. So, so let me tell Huffington Post this. You know, thanks for the publicity, and thanks for another item that we can talk about on Answers News. <laughs> and just to let you know, we've had record crowds at the Ark and the Creation Museum, mm -hmm. uh, since we reopened after the shutdowns, by the way, record crowds, even without the bus tours that normally come, uh, because we're getting told over and over again by families, we want to bring our children to a God-honoring, family-friendly place. We see what the immorality of the culture. We see what's happening. 
And uh, they're thanking us for this, and they're pouring in from all across America, and they will from the rest of the world when the borders open back up. Right, we got people are, in here today. We are reaching more people than ever through these attractions. We built a lot more things since we opened the Ark and the Creation Museum, and we're going to build a lot more in the future. So Huffington Post, I hope you come and report on that too. So <laughs> let's go on. And the other thing they say is it's because of the writing that they read when they go... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this next one comes from Science Daily. Geologists dig into Grand Canyon's mysterious gap in time. That's a clever title, dig into that. That's pretty that's good. That's a good pun for both. Um, yeah, I'll give them that. But, uh, okay, here's what it is. There's a huge problem out in the Grand Canyon for the secularists. There really is. Several of them. Oh, yeah, quite a few. But one in particular has to do with where the great unconformity uh, is. That's kind of the basement rock that's kind of sitting at an angle like this, and all of a sudden you see all these horizontal uh, flood layer rocks sitting right on top of so it. So let me show you. So... And, yeah, let's see if we got some pictures here, here. Here is the great unconformity. See this line here? Now, under here is basement rock. Mm -hmm. uh, that's granite, and you see some quartz and so on. And we would say this is the creation rock of uh, before. This is when God was creating the You don't the have earth. fossils in there. You don't and have the sediment. There was no fossils there. And when the flood came, it gouged off the basement rock here and deposited these sediments. That's a tapete right. sandstone. So now you can see this. Here's another place where you find it in the Grand Canyon. It's called the Great Unconformity. See, here's the line right here. And actually, this bit's being eroded. And there are some sediments there, which we would say are pre-flood sediments, probably part of when God raised up the land on day three. And so there'd be some uh, erosion as the water was running off and deposited some of these layers. They don't have fossils in them at all. And uh, then here's our geologist, Dr. Andrew Snelling, looking mm -hmm. at that line. Here's the Great Unconformity. Basement rock, and then it looks like somebody cut it with a knife and deposited uh, the sedimentary yeah. layers here above, and they've got fossils in them. So this is flood rock right. up here, and this is creation rock down here. So at the Grand Canyon, you can see where the flood started. That, so that's what they're talking about. That's right. And, and they're saying between this basement rock, right down here at the very bottom, I don't know if you guys are watching me online down below here, but that basement rock to that line right above it, you're missing about a billion years or so. It's not missing. It never was there. That's the problem, right? And because they don't believe in a global flood, they, they're looking for all sorts of reasons. How come this is missing? How come it's not there? And by the way, where the basement rock was here gouged off, sometimes you see boulders as big as houses. Yeah. And obviously it was washed in by catastrophic processes of water. Right. And uh, they, they, they're trying to figure out what happened to it. I say it's a big mystery. It's never yeah. been a mystery for people who believe the Bible. Right. Now, you wrote an article years ago called Missing or Misinterpreted. And uh, it, to me, that was a great way of looking at evidence. Sometimes people look at this from the secular viewpoint, and they're like, oh, no, we're missing a billion years. But really what it is, you're not missing anything. They're just misinterpreting uh, the data when you look at this. So hopefully we can pin that article in there, missing or misinterpreted. Well, let me show you something else, too. When you go to the Grand Canyon, the whole, the whole area was lifted up because the, the Colorado River goes through the Grand Canyon through a plateau called the Pyabab Plateau. And we would say this, see, when you go and have a look there, you see those layers are all raised up. And so we would say this is the end of the flood when God raised up the mountains, mm -hmm. lowered the ocean basin, sort of like could be Psalm 104, could be a, a hint of this. And that's why you have you know, marine right. fossils on the tops of mountains. But this formed a dam here, and you have all this water behind here. 
Uh, and then the dam broke through and gouged out the Grand Canyon, which is why... Yeah, carves that out because of that massive Well, that's flow. why you see these surge deposits downstream where all that sediment was deposited. Mm -hmm. Carved out rapidly in, the, in just the course of days, not, right. not It wasn't eroded over millions of years. Right. right. Now, here's another interesting thing. Dr. Snelling has been doing some research on where this uplift occurred. Actually, the, uh, the park... Uh, Department, the Grand Canyon Parks Department yeah, tried to stop that. us doing that research. We had to go to court over it because professors said, don't let them in, they're creationists. And we won that. So right. when, now he's they done discriminating. The, the research on this. See where this is bent? Well, you see, evolutionists say that the Tapete sandstone was laid down over 500 million years. Right. And it's then over the next, over the next 400 million years, there, were t there was 10,000 feet mm -hmm. of sediment on top of that. And then 50, 60 million years ago, after it's all hardened into rock, heat and pressure uplifted it. But the, when you what look at this... What happens when you bend rock, though? It when, cracks and breaks. Right. And this, is, this was uplifted when it was still soft. Right. Not it's, 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 it's not cracked and broken. Right. He's now done the micrographs, the photomicrographs mm -hmm. of what the sandstone is made of. And you see these grains that are all jagged and different sizes. It means they were all washed in together catastrophically. They weren't sorted slowly over millions of years right. or they or wouldn't be so out. jagged <laughs> and they'd be sorted out. Mm -hmm. Not only that, here's what he found. He also found that when you look at the areas that were bent, and then you look at the areas in the Grand Canyon where the rocks aren't bent, mm -hmm. the grains, the photographs, are same. exactly the same. So there's no metamorphic processes. It all fits with a catastrophic origin and those layers being laid down right. and lifted up while they were still soft. Because right, the, they were the, still soft, kinked and bent into place, and then solidified. Right, because the evolutionary right. view is that those things right. were laid down for a long time. And when that upwarp occurs, you can bend rock if you get enough heat and pressure, but it changes the chemical composition. Right. But his Correct. research showed the no chemical composition that. didn't change. Yeah. Now, here's what's interesting. In this article, they want to say, well, there was the heat and all that, but we're not actually seeing any of that. There's no evidence and, uh, of that so at it's, all. It's really just a story of them trying to explain how this actually occurred. And Aren't we and told it, to follow the science? Oh, unless yeah. it lines up with the Bible, then yeah. don't do it then. Well, right. it's interesting. Somebody here said... Real science isn't afraid of investigation, but evolutionists fear evidence creationists present. It's interesting. The evolutionists tried to stop us doing the research in the Grand Canyon. We weren't frightened to do the research. We predicted what we believed we would find, and that's exactly what we have found because yeah. we got the right starting point. Hey, you know what that reminds me of? You know, a number of years ago, uh, science, secular scientists believe that when they looked on Mars, they believed there could have been a global flood on Mars. They talk about the Noachian ep epoch, uh, epoch on Mars and water nearly 400 feet thick. What's interesting, they were prepared to propose a global flood on Mars, but not on Earth. Yep. But you know why? You know, I think they'd be happy to have a global flood on Earth, except for one thing. The Bible says there was The one. Bible says there was a global yep. flood. Right. right. And so if you want all the latest research on the Grand Canyon that Dr. Snelling's done, go to Answers Research Journal, our brand new website, answersresearchjournal.org. It's got all the latest technical research papers, and it's got all that information about the Grand Canyon. All right. All right. Well, moving on to the next article. This one uh, comes from Science Daily. Sustained fast rates of evolution explained how tetrapods evolved from fish. So here they're trying to talk about how uh, fish came out on land, got their limbs and started moving around and was able to eat and breathe and all that sort of thing. 
Um, but the problem is they, there just isn't any, the evidence. any evidence for it. So what's been proposed for the last, most of us think of evolution as being slow and gradual processes, but maybe about 40 years ago, you had the hopeful monster, that the punctuated right. equilibrium. Punctuated equilibrium. Evolution has happened slow and gradually. It happens really fast in these... Um, right, because they, they didn't assume, find evidence. They didn't find the we're, evidence. We're so not, we yeah. know it happens. So at these really, yeah. um, I don't know, when you have mm-hmm. ev- catastrophic events, or th- certain things, certain pressures, right. they, they happen really quickly. So then you see these different forms, mm-hmm. and you assume, well, evolution happened, but it happened quickly. And so that's what they're proposing again in this paper. Yeah, right. they it's say, just a story. They say yeah. the reason we don't find how legs developed and evolved is because it happened so quickly that the species which it happened in didn't get fossilized. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that we don't find them tells you it happened. Right. Yeah, it's very right? odd. Yeah. So the evidence for evolution is what you don't find. See, for the longest time, Darwin assumed that one day they would find all these missing links, and they just don't find them. They're just not there. So in comes this whole new viewpoint called punctuated equilibrium. Uh, there's a fast version called the hopeful monster where they say, okay, well, we don't see any, but, but the change happened so quick that it, it changed up here. Now, all of a sudden, we find this creature. And when they say... Oh, so, and then it jumped up here to the When they say so quick, they're talking about in geologic time. So for right. them, it's like... 50,000 years or something. It's still yeah. a long period of time to us, but right. in their scale of billions See, of years. And, right. and this, is, this is what they're saying. I know we've run out of time here and we won't get through all the articles, but let me read you this. What we've been finding in the last couple of years is that you have lots of anatomical changes during the construction of new animal body plans at short periods of geological time, generating high rates of, of anatomical evolution, mm-hmm. like we're seeing the first tetrapods. You know what all that means? We find them fully formed in the fossil record. That's right. what that means. So we find them fully formed. So they're trying to explain that so, there's no evidence. In terms of the number of species, they remain constrained and at really no, low numbers for a really long time. And only after tens of millions of years do they actually diversify and become higher in the number of species. In other words, <laughs> the fact that we don't find all these in-between forms is because they didn't form enough species and they, to be fossilized. But now that they're fully formed, now we find them fossilized. So, so to summarize, if they find the intermediate species, evolution. If they don't find the intermediate species, evolution. evolution. Yeah. It's evolution all the way. Yeah, so they've already determined the outcome. And yeah, now you don't need evidence to... for this anymore. Right. Uh, <laughs> and yet they accuse right. us of doing the same thing, that right. start with, starting with the answer. And, and, and then... young people in our schools don't realize how brainwashed and indoctrinated right. they are, how right. programmed they and are. And you know what? Speaking of the next generation, that is really important. Uh, you, you're involved in this a brand new book here, Ken. Uh, will they stand? It really deals with... I don't uh, like the subtitle. <laughs> yeah, Parenting Kids to Face the Giants. Yeah, so. What do you have against tall people, Ken? <laughs> but you the, know giants what? The, the giants okay, of secularism. The giants of evolution. There you go. That, the that's giants of the LGP movement. The Perfect. giants of whatever. How, how do pe- people have answers, particularly parents? How do the kids have answers? And you know what? Kids are being hit harder and harder with. You know, they're being drilled with evolution, whether it's in the media, whether it's in education, whether it's at museums. Uh, so a lot of times parents cry out, where do I get answers? You know, this is a great place to start uh, to get them some answers. Uh, will they stand? Absolutely excellent book. So We didn't get through all the articles today because no. Tim talks so much. He talks so much. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was important to really dive into some of those subjects and deal with it. Yeah, and I wanted uh, to talk a bit about Huffington Post. Too. Yeah, yeah, of course. And hey, their misrepresentation. And how Jesus can't save the aliens. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, you know, as uh, oh. we close out here, I do want people to be in prayer for what's going on down in Louisiana, Hurricane Ida. Uh, has come in, you know, so please be praying, uh, you know, for that whole situation. 
uh, for people to recover. And we need safe. to pray for Afghanistan. What a mess. And is. Afghanistan is, is the other one we would really for, need to be praying for. And for Christians for. persecuted, not just in Afghanistan, but around the world. Correct. So, uh, you know, remember them in your prayers. We've got a lot to be praying for. Let's make sure we're getting out there and sharing the gospel That's right. in, in word and deed. Let's live godly yeah. lives so that people can see what Christ, who Christ is through us. And let's make sure we're telling them who our creator is, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So. All right. Thank you all. God bless.